it's easy to say, hey, I'm not getting out of the park, and, and that's good enough, you know? But we can't do that as entrepreneurs. If we want to build an intentional legacy, it's not going to be built by enough, right? Right. Great experiences build great leaders. Great leaders build great teams. This is Building Great Sales Teams. Okay, I just did a whole circuit around the table. Now that that is over, welcome to the Building Great Sales Teams podcast. We have a uh, another Q and A episode for you guys. Uh, I, I feel like we do these a lot now, and it's you know it gives me a chance to uh, pick your brain and start a business and leave the company and all that jazz. No, <laughs> that's the goal. That's the goal. <laughs> Kick me out, right? No. Uh, so this episode, I, I sent it to you, is more family and business because we we uh, we talk a lot that we talk about that a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we had we had the idea of like, hey, let's get the kids on the podcast. Yeah. Patrick did it. So we have to one up him. And then we have now we got to do the whole family, like your aunts, your uncles. <laughs> <laughs> we got to make your sure father-in-law, everybody that we do needs it better. to be there. <laughs> but before we do that, we got we got a, a family and business Q&A. Um, so I'm kind of, I guess, taking the reins of host today. So it is me, your host, Ryan. Um, with me, I have my guest, Doug Mitchell. He is the uh, CEO of Argenta and all that jazz, host of the Building Great Sales Teams. You guys know him by now. We're on episode, like, probably with this. Yeah, this one will this be. This will probably be 80, yeah. 80. Dang, that's a lot of episodes. Mm-hmm. Most of them coming in the last quarter, actually. Yeah. I was looking at it. I was like, dang, we got a ton of episodes this past quarter. Uh, so my first question for you, and it's, it's kind of two-parter. So, like, the first part is starting a business before or after marriage. Like, should you start a business? Yeah, which one would you marriage? would you recommend to a young entrepreneur? I mean, obviously, before I feel like that, you know, time wise, that's the best answer. And uh, you know, it's it's tough though because if you do it before, and you don't already have that person in your life, right? Mm-hmm. Then you don't know, you know, if you are successful quickly or, you know. Well, I guess it depends on when that person comes into your life. You know what I mean? Okay. Because if they, if anybody comes into your life after you're successful and after you're making a bunch of money and after you have proven yourself, then you always have that idea in the back of your mind in a relationship. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And uh, so I think that's a factor. But if, if I had to choose, I would say before 100%, because then you never you, – you'll never have that conundrum of, okay, should I go home and spend time with my wife? Should I go home and spend time with my kids? Or should I stay here and grind and get it done? Whatever I need to do. Right. You know what I'm saying? Because when you're an entrepreneur, every minute, every second you spend on your business is a second or a minute closer to freedom. Right? So it's all about at what point in your life do you want to have that freedom? You know? And for most of us entrepreneurs, it's not a choice. Right. Mm -hmm. But I have met a lot of young entrepreneurs that are, you know, they may be in long term relationships. They may even be married, but they're purposely not having kids until their 30s because they know they got to build out their business. So that was actually the second part is 
kids before or after starting a business because like marriage is one thing like I'm married mm-hmm. uh, I learned very quickly that it is so much different than <laughs> being in a in a stable relationship like you have so many things to be mindful of now when you're married right. versus like when you're just dating someone like mm-hmm. my personality I can take or leave anybody like I'm I'm just that guy yeah and like when you say I do you 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 no longer have the option to take or leave that one person you said I do to. Right. Like I can leave my mom. I would never do that. I can leave yeah. my dad. I would never do that either. Yeah. Brother, sister, all them. But like with the wife, you cannot say, ah, screw you. It gets deeper when you have kids. Yeah. Definitely. So I, I guess you kind of answered that. You would say you would, you would wait on the children in that, mm-hmm. in that instance, because it's easier, I don't want to say easier, but it's it's more advantageous to have right. that, that nest egg for them, is what you would say? No, it's not about the money. It's about the time. The time, so, okay. So, you know, my choice has always been, you know, I never, I didn't make a decision to have kids because or not because of the business, right? I made a decision to have kids early because I wanted to be physically able to chase them, to beat them in soccer, basketball, whatever the case is, their whole high school career, and then I would have dominance over their whole life. I'd be the alpha for the rest of their life. Okay. Versus being too old, then having them dunk on me and, like, not beat them in every physical thing. So it's a selfish <laughs> No, that's real. I, I hear mean, a lot of stories about it. It's, it's – I want, I want to meet my grandkids. I want to meet yeah. my great-grandkids. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I want to see – because I have such a strong motivation towards legacy, I want to make sure I'm around as long as possible to see that legacy fulfilled. Right. And I didn't know that in my early 20s, but I did, knew I want, I did know I wanted to be, when my kids graduated high school, I wanted to be physically able to do whatever they wanted to do with me. Okay. That was incredibly important to me. I don't know why. It's always been a thing for me. Uh, I didn't want to be that, you know, 55-year-old dad you know, watching my daughter walk across the stage, you know, and there's reasons for everything. That's just my reason for having kids young. Right. So when you look at entrepreneurs and having kids, you know, one of the things I recognize is that right now, and I was telling my kids this yesterday, we have another eight years. No, I'm sorry. Another seven years that we're all together. That's it. Seven years. That is a drop in the bucket of life that we're all going to be under this roof together. So when you, when I think about what I'm building now and the demands of this show and the demands of consulting and the demands of running a business, for me, it's not a hard decision to go home at five o'clock. You know, I know that's anti entrepreneur, anti grind, hustle, all that crap, but it, it is not a hard decision. Shoot, right. four o'clock some days, you know? That's why I leverage, you know, my staff. Like you, you're in your learning stage right now. That's why I say the goal is for, you know, because I know what you want to do, the goal is for you to, yeah, you know, move on to your own business someday. But that's, I, I'm going to leverage that until I can't anymore because I need to be able to go home at four or five and spend time with my family right. and cook dinner for the kids and have quality time with my wife. Because, again, we only have seven more years. The clock is ticking. 
Right. So when you decide to have kids as an entrepreneur, there is no more 50, 60 hour work weeks. I'm sorry. You know what I'm saying? Like I, well, if your motivation is your kids, right? So I'm going to soak up every hour I possibly can. And I know we can leverage things and we can, we can say, well, I'm different than all these other guys because I'm present for that one hour that I'm with my kids in the evening. And I'm present for that weekend I'm with my kids that I'm not at, off at some conference versus most of these dads are, you know, corporate drones. And then they come home and they flick the TV on. And, you know, the most one-on-one time they get with their kids is over a hot meal, you know, mm-hmm. if that, if they're not ordering takeout or something. So, but when you only have seven years, yeah, you want all the seconds, all the minutes, and all the hours. And so, yeah, I would recommend wait until your business is somewhat established and that you can afford leverage, which is your employees, your virtual assistants, your technology, all the things that give you more time back so you can pour into your kids, pour into your family, and pour into your legacy. So it, it kind of jumps into like the third question that I was going to ask, which, you know, that works. I'm, I'm, I'm vibing. Uh, so how important are your wife and your kids in the decision-making process? And is it ever applicable? Uh, decision-making about what? Like, like how you're running your business, mm-hmm. like your, your hours, your, yeah. the, the time you spend on your, you know, development personal or business related, how, yeah. how important is what they think and feel to that aspect of it? So this is a tough one because in my, my 20s, they weren't present at all in my decision-making process, right? Mm-hmm. And that's why I wasted so much time and I made the wrong decisions because they weren't present. Right. But even now, they're not really present in my decision-making process because my decision-making process is built for them, if that makes sense. Okay. So whenever I go about my business day to day and, you know, I I run that decision-making process through a filter, right? So when work comes up, it's like, okay, can this work be automated, delegated, or eliminated, right? Okay. And this is a platform that uh, is within EOS, which is the Entrepreneur Operating System. And so I ask myself, can it be... Uh, automated, delegated, or eliminated, right? And most of the time it can be delegated. If it can't, it can be automated. And then it ha- if it has to be eliminated, the filter I have against that is it's going to take my time. And then I'm looking, okay, if this is something that has to take my time, is it worth it, right? Okay. And so I look at the money that I'm making per hour, and I look at what that is costing me per hour to make. And... If it doesn't match up, then I eliminate. I don't need that in my life. I have a filter because it's going to, it's probably going to extend my hours mm-hmm. or it's going to extend my mental capacity. So it kind of bleeds into that time that you, you've personally mm-hmm. made the decision to keep, like, this is my family time. Right. This is my time that I'm going to soak up these whole seven years mm-hmm. where I'm the biggest influence in my children's life. Right. So... No, that's that's a great answer. I think that answers it really well for Doug. How would you? So let's say because I because I 
I work with you closely. Like I know, mm-hmm. like you, you have a great relationship with your kids. Mm-hmm. They're hilarious. I went to your house and uh, Logan was like, mommy, there's a man in the house. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was great. They're great kids. Yeah. And um, like, I, I, if I had children like that, I would, I think that would be super easy for me because right. I, I know one thing that you, you, you've read was align your empire. You've sat mm-hmm. your children down. You've sat your wife down. Yeah. You kind of explained everything to them for, but so they're, they're very understanding of that. And they've, they've only seen this kind of life of you being an entrepreneur, right? Someone just starting, mm-hmm. how would they go about it? The same way, same way. You know, especially since your kids are probably going to be older, you know, you're, you've been in that season Maybe you've been in the corporate world or you've been at a job longer than you would normally be because you knew that this stage was going to come in your life where you were going to transition into entrepreneurship, but you wanted to have that time with your kids first. And what we don't talk about enough is mental capacity, right? Yeah. You know, in that decision-making process, that filter I talked about earlier, one of the things I said is, is this going to take too much of my mental capacity to where I won't have anything left when I go home? You can work a six-hour day and, like, drained. and not have anything yeah. left when you get home. So mental capacity is very important, too. And so you've made that decision, and so, you know, you've had kids, and maybe they're, you know, five, six, seven, and eight, right? This is where there's not a bunch of work tied to them. You're in that next stage of life where they can wipe their own butts. <laughs> That 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 Game is changer. a stage, right? So they've gone from needing you for everything yeah. to being able to wipe their own butt. Now we're in a stage where, all right, the time that I spend with them, most of it is quality time, mm-hmm. right? Quality time. It's not me maintaining them as children, you know, wiping their butts, wiping their boogies, you know, giving them baths. It's they can do all that stuff themselves now. And so I get to pour into them. So the first thing I'm going to do, just like I did with my family when I decided, hey, we're going to change the way we operate, the first thing I'm going to do is sit them down and let them know, hey, I'm starting a business. Okay. This is what a business is. This is the difference between going and working at a job and being an entrepreneur. And I'm going to explain to them the two two differences. And I'm going to let them know that, hey, I'm going to be working more than normal now. And the reason that daddy is going to be working more than normal now is because he wants to create freedom for our family. And then I'm going to walk them through what those freedoms are. Financial freedom, freedom of time, and freedom of health, mind, and body. You know, how, however you want to package it. But the, the two biggest ones is financial and time. Right. right? And so let's just say they're, the average age of your kids is six years old. Right. You're going to let them know. And you're going to set the expectation that from 6 to 11, you know, dad's probably going to be working 55, 60 hours a week. You know, I'm, an, I'm going to time block and I'm going to make sure I have time for you guys and that I'm not taking advantage of this. But I'm going to be working more than normal and this is why. If they know the end goal in mind, then it's not, oh, dad doesn't have time for me. Or, oh, the business is more important than me. And the same thing with your wife. You got to make, or your husband, you got to make sure that they're prepared for that and that they agree with it. That's your partner. You know what I'm saying? Um, And that's one of the the hardest things is because we're all very logical creatures, 
you know, sometimes we don't put faith in our partner. Yeah. And that's, that's a very hard thing to do. You know, sometimes it's, it's worth it to put faith in them and have it not work out than to say, hey, you know, we shouldn't do this. Yeah. And then, and then it not work out. Because yeah. not only did you not have faith in them, then it didn't work out and they feel even worse now, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And so, you know, you want that kind of blind trust from your partner. And I understand things happen. You know what I mean? Trust may be broken in the past and stuff like that. But uh, you've got to sit them down and establish exactly what you're doing and why you're doing it. And if they understand that why and they understand it's for freedom, which is all us entrepreneurs are after, um, it, it makes those long trips away. It makes those long hours at night. You know what I mean? It makes the being drained when you get home. They, they start to understand it more, especially as it happens more and more, right? Mm-hmm. But you still have to maintain your relationships. You still have to maintain your word, what you said you were going to do for them and with them, right? If it's coach the t-ball team, then when you show up to coach the t-ball team, you've got to be 100% present. And that's when we're going through the things that I go through now, which is uh, automate, eliminate, or delegate, Yeah. right? And so you've got to be very good at leveraging time. Yeah. I was lucky in that I had kids and I became an entrepreneur at the same time, but I understood that early on. I knew that if I wanted to scale this business, that I was going to immediately automate, eliminate, and delegate, and that was going to buy back my time. I wasn't going to make as much money as I should right away, but because I was hiring people to do that work. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So. Now those are, that's an awesome answer. I I really appreciate that because it does, it, it makes, it makes you kind of think. So like my wife, she runs a softball academy. Um, and we, right now it's basically just her. Like mm-hmm. she, she doesn't necessarily feel comfortable opening it up to other coaches right. to kind of use, use her system and all that good stuff. So one thing that I've been, uh, adamant about is like we need to figure out a way to to where you don't have to be working all the time and one one thing that you know we finally came into agreement with is doing a store so we're gonna we're gonna knock out that store this quarter that's a part of my my personal rocks is knock out this store get it on the website so that way we can uh, she can have her designs it'll be going if if someone wants to buy something there then we can Mm -hmm. it's a drop ship so we don't even have to worry about it so it's it's automated and it's delegated. So nice. we're, <laughs> we're working on that and I didn't even know what it was. So, uh, <laughs> so my next question, um, I was going to ask about aligning your empire, but I feel like that kind of answered what aligning your empire is. Yeah. Um, did you want to give a little bit more detail on that? But I, I feel like. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, aligning your empire is a concept developed by Burton Hughes. Okay. And uh, his book had a lot of impact on me when, after I read it. I actually listened to the audible and Danny, Danny Galvez narrated it, and he killed it on that, by the way. But, yeah, listen to the Audible or buy the book, Align Your Empire. And basically he talks about there is no balance, yeah. right? We all have this idea, work-life balance, this whole thing, whatever. No, there's, there's no balance if you're an entrepreneur. There is alignment, and that alignment is created by that sit-down conversation that I was talking about earlier. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, and, and that, that kind of built – because – you, you also have family core values that kind of go with your mm-hmm. 
your business core values, was that something that you did during that sit down or was that a little bit later or? Yeah. So when we did that sit down, I did go over the, the family core values and then I used examples about the kids' everyday life of where they exemplified those core values or where they fell short of those core values, you know, mm-hmm. and help them understand that this is a work in progress. You know, none of us are going to be perfect on this stuff. And so we're all just working towards exemplifying these core values, becoming the best versions of ourselves every day. Yeah, that's so that's something that I remember my dad doing, not necessarily the whole core values and the sit down right. and everything, but uh, we, we have like a family motto. Like anytime we were out, anytime me and my brothers did anything dumb, I don't know if he did this with my sister because I just wasn't, I wasn't there, mm-hmm. but he would always say, uh, he would ask us, he says, what's your last name? We would go, oh, it's Wiggins. You'd be like, what does Wiggins mean? It means held to a higher standard. So he was like, if I ever see you do anything that does not show that you're being held to a higher standard, don't even come home. Like he was, <laughs> wow. he, he was wild. He was wild. He's a lot softer now, but he was, my, my parents were Man, they're they're great creatures. <laughs> <laughs> they had standards. Yeah, they had they had standards, and they made sure that we we follow them. And and now anybody who's watched me grow up is like, oh man, I wish I raised you. And I'm like, no, you don't. <laughs> you don't want those problems. Uh, so my next question is, uh, I, I know you say this a lot. You you say that uh, your middle son would probably take over the world, whether or not it's for good or for bad. You don't know yet, mm-hmm. uh, but you would leave the business to your daughter, right? How would you go about adding your kids to the business if that were the case? Like, how would you start training her now to kind of take over for you whenever mm-hmm. you're ready to just kind of be like, hey, I just want all the freedom and I'm going to let you do the stuff that I can't delegate? So this uh, it's a great question, first off. And um, the easiest way to answer is the structure that I use for building an intentional legacy. So. I'm of the mindset that values are the most important things that you could pass on, mm-hmm. right? Values are the foundation, the purpose and passion, and in this case, being the business is my purpose and passion, uh, is secondary to the values, right? So look at it as like a pyramid. You got the values on the bottom. Can we go with pyramids again? <laughs> yeah, you got the purpose and passion in the middle, and then on the top is the things, right? You know, the 100-acre ranch, the uh, old truck that you never want to get rid of because it was your great-great-grandfather's, you know, um, the uh, bank account, the trust, the guns, the sentimental and valuable things that you end up with that you leave on. That's not the legacy. The purpose and passion and the values are, right? So how I go about training my daughter right now is the same way of training. <laughs> <laughs> How I go about influencing my daughter right now is the same way I influence my sons. I need to pour those values into them every day and hold them accountable to them. Because if I do that, then no matter what they do, they're going to be successful at it. Mm-hmm. So the the idea behind the values being more imper- important than the purpose and passion is that, you know, my daughter may graduate high school and decide she wants to be an engineer and she wants to r- launch rockets into space. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That's her passion. And my son right now, he's in theater. You know, he's a, he's a star on the stage, right? May end up being, like, either on Broadway or a famous actor or, I don't know, a podcast host. <laughs> you know? And, and, and then my youngest son, he, he's going to be the one that's, like, okay with the simple life. You know what I mean? Yeah. And raising a family and, and uh, digging roots and maybe uh, basically taking care of the ranch. Yeah. Right? 
And so it may end up that nobody wants to run our gen center other than the people within it. Right. Right. And it may end up that none of my kids like to barbecue, that none of them like to play rugby. So the, the purpose and passions, if that is what you think your legacy is, then it is susceptible to the world, right? Right. It's susceptible to your kids' interests and what lights their fire. Yeah. Or it's susceptible to the tax man, right? You know, when we talk about the things, you know, I could, I could build out this 100-acre ranch, build it perfect, it's beautiful, it's an amazing thing for my family, and then the government decides, you know what, eminent domain, that's mine. Jeez. And then it's gone. There goes my legacy. Poured everything into it, and just like that, in the blink of an eye, it's gone. So what really matters? What really matters is those values. And so if my daughter's going to run my business someday, she's got to believe in those values, exemplify them, and then the same thing, the core values of the company. She's mm-hmm. got to believe in those and exemplify those as well. And that's all I really need to focus on, and the rest will work itself out. When she decides, you know, 14, 15, to start working in the business, you know, maybe doing errands, being an assistant, whatever the case is, entry-level type stuff, because she has solid values in place, she's going to be successful no matter what she does in the company. Yeah, I like. see, I like that uh, with it being mainly on values because I, me and my brother, we do music. Uh, my sister plays instruments. Um, my parents do none of that. Like, they do absolutely none of that, but that's one thing that they've always done for us is, like, whatever we were interested in, they were like, hey, if this is what you're interested in and you're serious about it, then I'm, I'm going to... I'm going to ride with you until the end of it. Right. And the only thing that they made sure was that we stuck to, hey, what's your last name, Wiggins? You're, yeah. you're held to a higher standard. That's the only thing that they kind of forced on us. Everything else has always been uh, a choice that we've made for ourselves. And usually we, you know, um, the Bible says train up a child in the way they should go. And then once they're older, they'll never depart. So all the things that they've taught us, it's, it's been what we've, we've did. The wife is trying to call me at work. Like I don't, like I don't actually have a job. It's wild. <laughs> <laughs> what was I saying? Oh, um, the, the, the things that we've learned from them, it does permeate like the values that we've learned permeates into everything that we do, whether it be the music, whether it be uh, working our various jobs, whether it have been in, in uh, extended education and all that good stuff. It's always those values that you, you got to fall back on. Um, so, my my last question that I've written down, but, you know, we, we got time. Children being held to a standard, what does that look like? We were just talking about how you came back from Apex Evolution, and th- the the homestead was not the way that you would have preferred it to be. Right. And it, it got you thinking. So I personally believe that there is no – there's no age too young to be held to a standard. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have kids of my own, so how would you say what? What do you? When do you think is a great time for them to learn that standard? And then how do you go about enforcing that standard? So an easy way to think about it is chores, right? Yeah. If the kid is capable of completing the chore without your help, I think that's the point at which you put chores in place, right? Before that, it's about it's more about the values, um, and it's more about manners, respect, and cleaning up after yourself to a certain degree. You know, I do believe you got to let kids be kids. Yeah. And then somewhere around five or six, 
they have that accountability age where they start lying, they start doing things half-assed, and they start seeing what they can get away with. And I think that's the age at which you hone in on that standard and you start really executing on it, right? And so um, this is an area, you know, we all like to believe when we get put in this position of influence and, and people vibe with it and people follow you that, okay, now I can do nothing wrong. And so one of the things I realized when I came home from this last trip is that I was failing as a father in this area of holding my kids accountable to their chores. And so I came home, the poop duty wasn't done, the chicken coop wasn't cleaned out, you know, the kids' rooms were a messes. Now they had had sleepovers over the weekend and stuff. And so there's a few things that happened. I, I got a call Saturday night, and it was my wife or whatever, and we were talking you know, and I was uh, supposed to be napping, right? Because this was an overnight event that I was at. But anyways, we were talking and she was telling me how my daughter uh, had a friend spend the night on Friday night. and They did all the things, you know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> movies, popcorn, yeah. snacks, sweets. And then the next day, uh, took them out for yogurt and stuff. And so they had all this fun. And then um, her friend's mom invited her to SeaWorld the next day. And at this point, you know, we, we have a limit of, like, non-family time that yeah. we'll put up with, you know. And, and so my, my wife told her no, and she got upset. And she got ungrateful, right? So that was the first straw. And then I get home, and I see that my boys' chores aren't done, so I tell them to go do their chores. And then as they're supposed to be doing chores, and, and mind you, it's tough to come home from a trip like that, miss your family like crazy, and then immediately have to hold them accountable. Yeah. I mean, and then this is where we fail as parents, right? Because we want to love on them and hug on them and maybe lay on the couch and cuddle with them or whatever, which we do plenty of that, right? But what really matters is that when they haven't, they haven't done what they're supposed to do, that you hold them accountable, right? So yeah. I held them accountable I sent them out to do it, and I'm looking out the back window, and I see my son playing with the chickens instead of doing what he's supposed to do. So I go outside, I get after him, and I find out, hey, why are you playing with these chickens? Instead of, and his brother's on his hands and knees cleaning the, the chicken droppings off of the patio because we let the chickens roam yeah. every now and then. They take care of business on the patio, right? <laughs> Gotta love animals. I said, he said, well, I'm done with my job. And I'm like, okay, but your brother's not. And your brother's not exactly going slow. So obviously his job was harder, so you need to help him, right? So that was the first thing. And then in, in, I go back inside. I'm getting undressed or whatever, changing into something more comfortable. And then I look out again, and he's doing the poop duty, which was his job. I'm like, and I went back outside, and I said, did you just lie to me? <laughs> like you said, oh, you were done with your job. <laughs> and then I see you doing your job. You know what I'm saying? So he didn't have an answer for that. And so he got grounded for the rest of the day. And then at the end of the day, I sat him down. I said, look, we all have a part to blame in this. Your mom, me, you guys, you're not holding yourselves accountable. We're intermittently holding you accountable. You know, on those, you know, we talked about mental capacity earlier and being tired and everything. On those nights that I come home, I'm not checking to see if you did your chores. You know what I mean? I'm not 
pushing y'all to make sure you did everything you were supposed to do. And I'm letting it slip, right? And so what my kids have proven, though, is if I hold, uh, hold them accountable consistently and then I lead consistently, right? I hold myself accountable consistently. That yeah. was the other area that I was failing in, not getting up every morning and getting the work out of it. You know what I mean? Them waking up before me sometimes. And so I know they see that, and I know that they see what they can get away with, and they take advantage of it, right? Kids will be kids. Right. And so I knew at the end of the night last night that I, had, I was failing as a father. You know what I mean? And that's hard. It's a very overarching statement, right? Compared to my father, I'm knocking it out of the fucking park, right? <laughs> you know right. what I'm saying? Like, I'm there. I'm showing up every day. Right. You know, I care, right? And so it's easy to say, hey, I'm knocking it out of the park, and, and that's good enough, you know? But we can't do that as entrepreneurs. If we want to build an intentional legacy, it's not going to be built by enough, right? Right. And so I, I sat them all down, and I said, look, the issue is it's just chores, right? You guys have nothing else that we hold you accountable for other than, you know, homework, and the uh, extra extracurricular activities that y'all participate in, we make sure that you put 100% into them. But pretty much, like, we have a house manager. She takes care of all the major heavy cleaning and stuff like that. So I'm like, how can I hold these kids accountable? Their house is clean every day. You know what I'm saying? And that's yeah. for me and my wife. That's time arbitrage, right? Yeah. That's like... <laughs> Again, minimum capacity. I don't have to get home and do laundry and do the dishes. I got to cook, you know what I mean, because I like to cook or whatever, but that's something I enjoy. Um, we, we outsource the things that we don't enjoy. Right. And so, um, so they have this just, you know, what we consider a cushy life, right? Mm -hmm. And um, that's one of the easiest ways to fail as an entrepreneur because you have financial freedom and you've given your kids, not the world, but you've given your kids more than you had, that that to them, that's normal. Yeah. They don't appreciate it. Yeah. And you can't get upset with them for not appreciating it, right? You've got to find another way to instill that work ethic and instill those values in them. It's not going to be created by adversity because they don't have it yet, and right? Yeah, they don't, there's nothing for them to, there's no adversarial force because one they're at home two yeah. they have parents that care about them three they're well kept like that's and that's yeah. not a bad thing it's just when you don't have something to offset it it can mm -hmm. it can become detrimental to them so the big million dollar question is how do we create adversity so our kids don't grow up soft right how do we create adversity so when adversity hits our kids in the face they're ready and so I had just came back from Apex Evolution, right? This is a event where you sign up to get your ass kicked by special operators from the military forces. Yeah. You know, one of them's Green Beret, two of them are Navy SEALs. And yes, they're pouring education into you, but 90% of the night, you're getting your ass kicked. You know, log pickups, you know, drills, PT. Um, you're crawl you're doing uh, uh, bear crawling across the ground so you don't get caught. You're going under barbed wire. You're running up and down hills. Like it is the closest thing you can get to basic training or buds or anything like that as a civilian. And so, you know, 
I, I did this. I was part of Apex Evolution 001. I was able to finish, you know, and then we had 002 come up, class two come up, and I wanted to volunteer for it, right? Because mm-hmm. I did uh, Apex 1, and it changed my life in a sense, and I wanted to give back to something that had given me so much. Yeah. And so as, you know, you get a different perspective when you get to watch them do it, and then you get to serve the people that are doing it. And I got to do a presentation on building an intentional legacy. You know, I washed dishes. I served food to them. You know what I mean? I brought water to them. Um, we set up the campsite for them. You know, we did all this uh, servant-type stuff. Yeah. And so we were able to observe a lot of what they were doing and then get feedback from them because we did a breakout session. You know, when they first got there, we asked them, why are you here? You know? And the overwhelming answer was, um, I've gotten comfortable in my life, and so I want to create pain, so I am reminded what adversity is life, and then I can go attack, I can go attack life again with that perspective, right? And so I was like, that's perfect. I need to create pain for my kids. (laughs) (laughs) Who says that? Yeah, right. (laughs) But it's, it, it's, it's very true. So, you know, my kids know me and my wife work out every day, minimum of every other day, right? And so they need to become part of that. Yeah. So what I sat them down, I told them, we are going to start working out together as a family. 30 minutes, nothing crazy, 30 minutes every evening, we're going to do push-ups, we're going to do squats, we're going to do sit-ups. And on the days we don't do those, we're going to do a half mile to a mile run. Every single day, we're going to create pain. We're going to create adversity so that they know what that feels like. So when they get their friend to come sleep over on a Friday night, their, their range for being grateful is so much greater, right? Because they're not outside doing push-ups and sit-ups. They're not running, you know what I'm saying? And what's the, what's the byproduct of that? They get more physically fit. Yeah, what a terrible parent I am. I know, I know. <laughs> and Goodness so, gracious, Doug, it's, come on now. <laughs> it is. It's just going to be a foundation. We work out together every day. That is going to be a foundation for uh, a val- a value that we put in place, which is be grateful. Yeah, that that is a huge uh, value of mine. You know, we live in gratitude is one of our core values with the company. And so I'm trying to create some pain so that my kids do become more grateful in general. And I don't think the actual act of working out and then, you know, being able to eat sweets or something like that is going to make them more grateful. I just need them to understand the range of emotions that they can have, which one of them is pain, so that when they're not having pain, they're grateful to not be in a state of pain. Yeah. You know, I don't think we should run from pain. As entrepreneurs, as employees, as uh you know, family, men, and women, pain should be our, something that we intentionally do every day, you know, yeah. and, and for some of us, that's running, lifting weights, working out, you know, yoga, um, all this stuff, right, that we can intentionally and artificially create every day so that the rest of the day gets so much easier from there. Right. And that's what I want to do with my kid's childhood, you know what I'm saying? No, that's good. So, my my last question that just popped in my head. That was my last question, but I got another last question. Let's go. Um, you are now an entrepreneur spouse. 
Yeah. How does that feel to be on the other side of building the business? I mean, it, I'm incredibly proud. I'm incredibly proud of my wife. Um, you know, I've always been of an entrepreneurial mindset. Yeah. You know, I started my first business when I was 18 years old, washing cars. And um, so being an entrepreneur in terms of the risk, I've always been comfortable with. Mm-hmm. You know, but imagine going your whole life being told if you don't, uh, you have two strikes against you. You're a Mexican and you're a woman, right? Mm-hmm. The only thing that they can't take away from you is your education. So that's what she was told from a very young age, right? Right. And so what did she do? She went and got her education. She got all A's. She went to college. She graduated college. And then after college, she got her master's, right? And so she... And she's an amazing teacher, incredible teacher. She's yeah. one of the fortunate people that works for someone else, but is doing what she's passionate about. So she's all for it, right? Yeah. Until last year. <laughs> that sounds like every teacher. Until last year, because unfortunately the system the way it is right now demands way too much from teachers. Yeah. They're teachers for a reason. They get their summers off for a reason. There's only so much mental capacity that can go into a position that doesn't directly benefit your children other than a paycheck to pay rent, which you can do that anywhere. And let's be honest, teachers don't make enough as it is, right? And so... Especially good teachers. Especially good teachers. Because they... They They um, get paid the same as the bad teachers. Right, right. right. And so there's not a lot of motivation there. So she decided that, hey, you know, and I've always told her, if you want to work, work. I'm behind you 100%. I'll show up. I'll set up your classroom. You know what I mean? I'll be part of the programs, the dad programs that are on the, the, the school. I will support you in every sense, just like I would if you had your own business, right? Um, it's not about the business or the not business. It's about supporting her right. as my partner. And so she made a decision that she did not want to teach in public education anymore and that she wanted to start home, her own business tutoring uh, homeschooled students which is a huge demand right now because of the way the education system is set up right now, a lot of parents are taking their kids out and choosing to homeschool them. Yeah. It turns out it's kids of entrepreneurs that that, that's happening with because typically the wife or the husband isn't the sole breadwinner. You know what I mean? They work because they want to work and then they decide, okay, I'm going to quit my job and I'm going to, I'm going to teach the kids. Well, they, are not certified teachers, right? So (laughs) this created an opportunity for her to be able to tutor uh, these students and parents, essentially, on strategies and ways that they can educate their kids, which is what she's been doing for the past, you know, 14 years. Yeah. And so, but imagine that's your whole life. You have that security, that paycheck comes in, you know, on the 15th and the 31st, or I think in her case, the 22nd, once a month. Right. And it comes in no matter what. And now you're making a decision to say, you know what? I don't need that paycheck. And, and I get it. Granted, she's in a position where she can do that right now because of my business. Right. But still, like it wasn't two years ago that we were divorced. Right. And she didn't have that choice. You know what I'm saying? And so I can't imagine going your whole life and education being everything to leaving it. And then becoming an entrepreneur, which is one of the riskiest jobs in the world. <laughs> yeah. 
And so um, I'm incredibly proud of her for making that leap. And then the work she's putting in every day, she's incredibly passionate about it. She's on fire for it. And so um, what it's like being the spouse of an entrepreneur, um, you just, you're just there watching them in awe, you know? Yeah. And it's such an a amazing experience. I get to experience what she experienced when I started my business. So, like, know? has there been a point yet to where you're like, oh, man, she told me something like this when I was starting my business, and mm-hmm. now I can finally, like, understand what she meant. Is, has that happened yet? No, not really. Because <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately, because, like, I know what she's going through. Yeah. And I can support her in it. Yeah. And I, and I have perspective. I have context because I've been through what she's been through. You're like, you know? oh, oh, you're just feeling that way now. Just, just wait a couple, couple of yeah. Years. I do everything I can <laughs> not to do that. <laughs> so I'm a seasoned husband. Yeah, Ryan, no, no. Listen, so. I, I do not recommend uh, that camera. I do not recommend that at all. <laughs> Don't be dumb. But no, I, I get you. I no, get you. and you know, you know what the hardest part of it is, is to hold my tongue. Yes. When I know that if she just does X, Y, and Z, she's going to be successful. Yeah. But she doesn't believe in X yet. She's skeptical skeptical about Y, and she's knocking Z out of the park, right? Mm-hmm. But I know she needs to do X and, and Y. Oh, yeah. But yeah. she's not there yet, like, mentally, motivationally-wise, and so I kind of have to let her develop on her own. Yeah. And that is so freaking hard you know yes. what I mean no I I 100% agree with that because I'm I'm kind of the same way with my wife not necessarily in the business sense but just just in general like mm-hmm. I I see things a little bit differently than she sees things right and because of that like something that seems so clear to me mm-hmm. uh without getting into too much detail right uh, we had a family member who who uh kind of had a lot of things happen in a short amount of time right and in my head i was like oh this is super simple we we have a we have a place for them to stay um and if it had been my family it would be a it would be a done deal it would have been a oh yeah you guys can stay here i don't i don't we don't have to pay rent we don't have to do this that and the other we don't have to do anything it's 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 a just an agreement you're a family like when it's time for you to when you can move on, you'll move on, and we'll we'll be good. We're square, um, and I know that's how it would work because it has happened. Where we right. we uh, we have a my granddad's old home in North Carolina. We call it six one six because that's the the number. Um, we've had my cousins have stayed there. Some other cousins have stayed there, and my granddad he has a whole nother house. But because that house is available, mm-hmm. if it ever comes time where they need a place to stay for whatever reason, that's there. Yeah. Um, and in, in my head, I'm like, this is this is simple. Like, we can help them out, like, straight up. But the dynamics of yeah. something that they have to be involved with is just so, I don't want to say foreign, but it's it's just so different than how I would see it. Right. And it's hard to talk to someone about, hey, like, this is the way it should, or not should, I don't want to say should, yeah. but this is the way that it can go. We just need to. We just need to do it. And when you're when you're a spouse in those situations, especially with people who are who are headstrong or who have an idea of how things should go in their head, mm-hmm. like 
we could be your greatest ally or we could be your greatest headache right if we push, push too much yeah. well and i think and this is all very vague yeah <laughs> but it sounds like she's protecting her peace yeah it sounds like she's protecting her peace and and that is worth protecting oh yeah for sure over for over sure. family obligation for sure, and I'm and I'm 100 percent okay with that. I'm <laughs> <laughs> protect my peace as I protect yours. That's how I feel about it because yeah. it it is it we've we've uh, we've had a great relationship as of late because we've been we've been doing a Protecting lot more that. yeah a lot more communication so that way if something happens outside of us us we don't if we 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 talk before we even make a decision on how we're going to approach that and that's that's been uh, that's a hack. For any married people, it's a hack. Oh, talk, talk about first. anything. It doesn't matter. Oh, that's my sister. No, that was your sister. Now you're my wife. Like, you're a Wiggins yeah. now is what I tell my wife. Like, yeah. you're not a Cantu. You're a Wiggins. Uh-huh. And that has worked wonders to where we we were able to help out that family member and still be able to be like, Keep at the peace. end of the day, like, it's just me and you. If you, if I, we we had a number set up. Um, it was it was about $1,000. We were mm-hmm. like, up and I'm I'm okay with anything up to a thousand dollars, and if it goes past that, we'll have another discussion. Yeah, but I'm okay. Whatever decision you want to make up to a thousand dollars, I'm here for it. And I think, as far as with your wife, I think that you being able to kind of like hold your tongue, like know how to do it, yeah, but hold your tongue and protect that piece. I think that I think she sees that and she loves that because like it, it's real. Like well. And I have made a mistake of not doing it. Yeah. So. <laughs> oh, learn so, from experience. Yeah, okay. it's one of those things. I'm not. I'm definitely not perfect at it. Yeah. You know, if anybody's listening and they're in a similar situation, just because last night you didn't hold your tongue doesn't mean you can't make up for it today. Right. You know? And uh, so you know, I have that problem too. It it's it's tough because yeah. she's she's year one. She, she's not even year one. She's like month two into her <laughs> entrepreneurial journey. Yeah. And uh, here I am in month, you know, 150. Yeah. Right. And so it's a it's a whole nother animal. But I'm looking forward to seeing her blossom in it and develop in it. And and, and it is tough, man, because you see them go through it. It's it's like when you see your 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 kids like get hurt in a sport. Mm-hmm. And you want to jump out of your chair and go grab them and pick them up and make it all better. But you know the character. And the experience and the raw gut that is going to be developed from them picking themselves up and making it happen despite that injury is is going to catapult them. Yeah. So you, you got to sit there and watch it happen. That is deep. <laughs> We we talk about real issues here on the building. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's that is awesome. Like I, I feel like we could sit here and talk about our wives all day because women are great um, in every aspect. I like them. Yeah, I, li- I like them a lot. I like mine. Let me rephrase that. I like mine. <laughs> <laughs> yes, let's let's rewind that. She, women she, are great. My she, wife is great. Your wife is great for you. Mine okay, for there me. we go. There we go. They're we both Latinas. So they will cut us. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They might be walking through the door right now. We don't know. <laughs> we don't know. Uh, but no, that was awesome. I, I appreciate um, your time today with with this little Q and A. I know there were. It, it was a little bit more personal. It was just mm-hmm. random, you know, family talk. Yeah. Um, 
I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Uh, this, this, like I said, my my wife is an entrepreneur. She has her business, and it's mm-hmm. like it's weird for me because I I've never had a business, but my only two, well, I've had three jobs, and my only two real jobs have been with small business owners. Yeah. <laughs> so like I have I have a lot of this just random knowledge, and I love random yeah. knowledge, but it's always nice to get more random knowledge. Right. Um, when you can just sit down with someone who's going through it and just glean from them, especially mm-hmm. when you haven't been there before. Right. Um, so is there anything you wanted to shout out? I know we, we have a book from building great sales teams coming next year because mm-hmm. we're, we're finishing up the quarter strong. We're going to, we're going to knock out some episodes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's it. Um, we're going to, I want to wrap up the book by the end of the year. So it'll go into production next year. Um, my wife, is actually writing a a book called a children's uh, book, right? A children's book, and it's called uh, "There's No Chalupas in Paris." Yes, I saw a post about that. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited about that one. So she's it, it's already written. The illustrations are being done now, and it looks like she's going to go the self publishing route. Okay. So um, we'll we'll start seeing updates from that. So if you get a chance, and I tag my wife in something, definitely follow her. Because when that book comes out, it's going to be huge for San Antonio, and then we're going to be able to replicate that model over all the major cities that have a strong uh, uh, Hispanic population. Yeah, that that's that's awesome. I also want to shout out your wife's business because I think it's like clever wordplay. Mm-hmm. So so it's it's called Divine Learning, right. and. Like, they live in divine, but then, like, you know, divine, like, angelic. I think that was, like, super cool because, like, first thing that I, I thought of, I was like, oh, man, like, it's it's a higher learning. But then it's mm-hmm. like, oh, wait, they live in divine Texas. Like, that's yeah. that's just them naming it after the city. <laughs> but I don't know. I don't know what the what the thought process was, but I think that was super cool. That was so, the exact thought process. Was it? <laughs> I remember where we were in the truck when... When I suggested it. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's strike one for Doug. Like it's not a strike one. It's the truth. She knows it. She knows it. It's the truth. You know, we were going through names and everything, and I'm like, "What about divine?" And I was so set on divine because we live in divine, but it's spelled with an E mm-hmm. instead of an I. And then she was like, "No, it's got to be spelled right. We're we're a tutoring company." Like it's gotta be spelled right. Well, you know it would I mean? be spelled right. It yeah. would be, but but the general population wouldn't know that because they didn't. They, they wouldn't know a divine Texas exists. Yeah. They would think it was divine learning, and they can't even spell the name right. You know? <laughs> no, uh, no, it, it definitely works out. I, my uh, my artist brain was like, dang, look at those entendres. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's fire. Yeah. That was that was my that was my artist artist in me so yeah uh yeah check out divine learning um if you if you have uh children who need tutors your entrepreneur and your mm-hmm. homeschooling um divine learning everywhere right so yeah on instagram facebook do they have a facebook group uh they have a facebook group yes so instagram facebook group all the facebook moms just join it right now like yeah. we'll have a link to it um, but yeah, thank you again for mm-hmm. for the conversation about family, business, children, um, standards, and all that jazz. It was great talking to you. It's a great episode. I would say I'll see you later, but we work in the same office. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, let's get building. <laughs>
Thank you for joining us on this episode of Building Great Sales Teams. We appreciate it. Make sure you like, share, and leave a review wherever you consume podcasts and subscribe so you're notified when we release new content. Great sales teams aren't recruited. They are built brick by brick. Let's get building.